1: A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure.
2: You got this. Adidas.
0: This program was previously broadcast
2: live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date, For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. We've got your team covered with Churchill Business Insurance. It's a little bit uh, new tonight. It's a little bit different. A bit of fun. Because it is an unusual fan show. No games for us to begin the Hammers Inquest on. No players to blame or moan about poor performances. Question the desire and the effort. Maybe the break we needed. No games to preview, but still big news. Not just in sport or football, but in the world in general at the minute with the coronavirus And the team aren't with me in the studio tonight, but they join me on the phone. Personally, I think it was just to self-isolate from me. They could always do without that hour. But there is so much Hammers talk to go over and all the latest football news from a West Ham perspective. And what do you fans make of it? All the daily changing news. When should the season resume? Or are you in the group that feel it should be voided entirely? Join us tonight and have your say. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70, 20, five, five, eight. Well, I said it may be slightly different, but don't you worry. We're going to have all the regular bits, including the West Ham Mystery Road Players quiz, at the end of the show. But it is good to have James Jones and Will Pugh from We Are West Ham with me tonight. Big news at the minute, gents. With the coronavirus pandemic causing havoc to sport across the world, there remains plenty of uncertainty regarding the next steps that should be taken. The Premier League has been suspended until April the 3rd at the earliest, but the decision has already led to questions concerning whether the season should be scrapped or extended into the summer. Starting with you then, James, what do you make of all the news at the minute?
1: Uh, even Charlie. Uh, it, it, it's a strange one, really. It's unprecedented territory for, for a number of number of reasons. And obviously, it's it's terrible that What's going on globally with, you know, with the pandemic and that. But uh, the only pro I can take you at the moment is that it could be the longest West Ham go unbeaten since what August, I think. <laughs> um, which you know you got to look at the positives in, in times like this. But um, I think I think they made the right decision in in postponing the uh, uh, the, the Premier League and the, and the and the EFL and that. But it's just the question now of whether by the fourth of April whether they think the society is ready to have sort of mass. Sort of mass gatherings again, and I I, mean, I can't imagine within three weeks it'll all all have blown over. Um, I, you know, I think the, for me the only way around it is to is to do it all behind closed doors because they've got to finish the season in some way. They can't just boil it like Cameron Brady said.
2: Yeah, well, we're going to get onto that. There's a whole host of different options on the menu. Some people saying void it, some saying continue it behind closed doors. Maybe the three weeks isn't enough. We're already hearing today the Euros has been postponed to 2021. We will get further, obviously, information on this. The Premier League have a big meeting on Thursday. But for you, what do you make of it all as well?
0: Well, to be honest, Charlie, I'm I'm a bit more worried about the impact on the Rogue Players quiz <laughs> of course, James,
2: 9-6 down a few weeks
0: ago, I was seemingly out of it. And all of a sudden, I've managed to get it back to 11-9. That's, that's five weeks, almost two full calendar months that James hasn't had a win in the road players quiz. And I think the fans are more worried about you know the impact on that season rather than perhaps the Premier League.
2: And that, and that so, is the big questions tonight, isn't it? We have to answer it. We can't avoid the elephant in the room, Wheel. No,
0: that's it. And obviously, you know, the Karen Brady's come out arguing um, whether or not the Premier League should be declared null and void this week. And, I've, you know, I've got a, a, a funny feeling that I might be uh, pitching the same argument for the Rogue Player's Quiz, that we should just stop now. But rather than declare it null and void, the title should just be handed to me as it is. Because as with Liverpool in the Premier League, it's quite clear who's <laughs> going to win the
1: Rogue Player's Quiz up to the end of the season. <laughs> I think Karen Brady was misquoted. I think she, she she didn't actually say the Premier League. She said the Misty players quiz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the West
0: Ham Road players
2: quiz. Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's what she what she actually said. So yeah, I, I mean yeah. If, if that's what she said then I agree with her completely. Yeah, yeah, and to be honest,
2: I mean, I don't know why they didn't put that on in place of match of the day on the weekend, but you know, everyone's got different tastes. highlights. <laughs> highlights, yeah. Over the course of the season. Obviously the Premier League did shut down on the weekend and kind of the catalyst, for this was Arsenal head coach Mikel Arteta testing positive for the virus Arsenal recently played West Ham you know there's this whole thing behind it you know the Wolves uh, game apparently players with them and Leicester they've got players in isolation Nottingham Forest owner also Olympiacos owner Evangelos Marianakis he tested positive as well there's a whole host of links here how are West Ham from what you're hearing from the club dealing with it as well
0: well, to be honest, Charlie, I mean, I was at that Arsenal game, and I spoke to a couple of the Arsenal players after the game, and then my work told me to stay at home for the for the next couple of days for the really? same reason. Yeah, and so it, it, again, I was at the Olympiacos game as well. Luckily, I didn't. Oh, you've the, definitely uh... you've done yeah, a double. well, that's, but that's the thing with with all of this, really. And you know, we saw it from from West Ham. Everyone was immediately uh, quarantined when the Arteta news came out, or the self isolation. Procedure. David Moyes, in particular, they were concerned about. I think James, you were saying that the the news has come out that it was everyone was all clear and uh, like, there was basically nothing to not nothing to worry about. But that the results all came back fine for our squad. Is that
1: right? Yeah, I've seen a couple of reports do the rounds over the last day or so. That I mean, I don't think it's been in any of the mainstream papers, but sort of within some of the the, the, the sort of the ITKs in and around the club have said that no one. Working at the club, where that's players or sort of non-playing staff actually had the virus um, and they're hoping to open up the training grounds in the next few days. So all is, all is well at West Ham.
2: Yeah, all is well at West Ham. Maybe even better if the season is voided. We're going to get get to Karen Brady's comments maybe uh, a little bit later in the second section of the show. But what do we think now, just from you two, because should the games go ahead, play behind closed doors? And if we potentially see West Ham again this season, could it be a better West Ham? You know, more time under Moyes. They've had players coming back from injury. They've had longer to work on things.
0: The main the, the the first thing I thought was was Tottenham. How annoying it is that when we eventually get round to playing them, I generally thought we had a chance after they lost to Norwich in the cup. Mm. That meant that the Friday night game in which would have been the Friday,
2: yeah, it's it's a Friday
0: coming up, I believe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. would have been this Friday. No, human son, no Harry Kane, uh, Lucas Moura not being able to hit a barn door. I thought, oh, brilliant! We've actually got a chance of of getting something there again, like we did last year. But, yeah, I think that was, that was the main thing, is that, that when we come around to play in Tottenham, they're going to have a lot of their firepower back. To be honest, my perspective on it is, and uh, the Karen Brady thing, I, I think it was a little bit sort of blown up and people have latched onto it um, and perhaps it was sensationalised a little bit. But my view on that is that it's a fairly valid point to make, to be honest, in that if you want to maintain the integrity of next season, i.e. football as we know it, from August to May every year, then it's one of those things. In a situation like this, as you've seen in wider society as well as football, that this situation cannot be ideal for everyone. And whilst it may be easy to sort of say, "Oh, you know, just just um, we'll play the games behind closed doors and we'll make it work," I, I, I do think there's some credence in the idea that you just say, "Look, you've, everyone's just got to suck it up. Like, yeah, it's, it's been rubbish on everyone." So we just stop it where it is, declare this season void, and then it gives us half a chance of starting next season properly and as we normally would. The Euros have already been moved, which which is a blow to lots of people, myself in particular. Um, So I know everyone jumped on the fact that because it was Liverpool, but I think really whoever the team was, whether it was Man City going for their third in a row or uh, Leicester or whatever, I do think there is some credence in just saying, oh, you know what, let's just let's stop it where it is, a bit unfortunate
1: for everyone, and then we start again next year. And what about you, James? I mean, I, I see where you're coming from with that world, but I mean, I think it, it sort of damages the integrity of the sport if, if they do null and board it, purely because, you know, there's, there's so many... There'll be OK, you say that, you know, it, it will it'll be annoying for everyone, but there are a lot of clubs there that it won't affect... Um but yeah, but the isn't that better, then. that's what I'm saying. But I mean well, I mean clubs like so like clubs like uh Leicester that affect them Because they won't be in the Champions League next year even though they're sort of all but confirmed it this year. But then, you know, the likes of um Norwich, Villa, um, you know, they don't go down so it doesn't really affect them. If anything it it it, it works for them in a positive way. Uh, but then you've got the, the you've got the three or four clubs that you know are, are battling to come up from the championship. What do they do? I think if, I think if the, if it, the decision is made to null and void the season, then the decision makers behind that um, will will have a few. I mean, i you know this is me just sort of throwing it out there. But, you know they could have a few lawsuits on their hands because a lot of clubs just, who who could who could then as a result struggle financially. Um, you know the clubs coming up, uh, potentially coming up. Look at Leeds. I mean, they've been trying to come up for years. They finally look like they're going to do it, get back in the big time, massive payday, and then suddenly it, they can't do it. Um, They'll be especially when there isn't there is a potential to continue playing the season, regardless of whether that's behind closed doors or not. Uh, and that's okay. It goes into maybe the first week of June or midway through June, um, well, so we just lose two weeks or three weeks of the pre-season. season. Um, if if the football can be played, but they decide if, not to play it? it, yeah, 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 and then they decide not to play it, and then it turns out that you know by by you know May football actually could have been played in in some capacity, then I think you know there'll be there'll be a lot of you know a lot of legal battles going on there, and plus the fact I don't think the Premier League are going to want it because they'll lose a lot of money in TV rights and sponsorship if they decide to null and void it.
2: Yeah, probably well, all I- coming. Sorry, we'll go on.
0: No, just quickly on that because I think um, I read a story the other day um, that it's the with the with the Premier League and the awarding the title and that sort of stuff. I think it's it's a it it goes to the votes of the clubs. So the it twenty does. clubs have to vote, and there's fourteen of them. They need a fourteen yeah. majority for Liverpool not to get the title. So if you break that down, I am right with those figures, aren't I? Charlie? You are, yeah, yeah. So if you break that down, right? If you think about it, Liverpool are obviously going to vote for it to stay as it is now. Um, Manchester City probably will all of the the teams that were there there or thereabouts the Champions League or the, so you've got the top four who else is going to vote for to leave the season sort of like as it is, to offer to hand Liverpool the title. And Arsenal leave it as it is because now. they
2: would benefit from a Champions League place with City's ongoing European battle. Spurs potentially because that that means they would be back in the Champions League. A couple of those teams at the bottom as well. You know, no, but
0: none of the. Do you think why would the teams at the bottom vote for it to to stop how it is now?
2: But what if they why get to they- stay up?
0: Yeah, no, sorry. As in, there was talk. The the vote remains. Do we declare the season finished as it stands, mm. and then? i.e. those teams go down, because surely it would, it would benefit all of those teams. It will, I think it would benefit 14 teams to scrap the season.
2: No, no, because what apparently what is on the table, one of the options is, and I was actually going to ask because it's a little bit crazy, one of the options is that you revert to the, other, uh, the old season standings, but the teams stay in the league, and then we could be hearing a 22-team Premier League next season with Leeds and West Brom joining that. Have you seen that, the 22-team yeah. league proposal?
1: Yeah,
0: I, I, yeah. I, I, I like just so that no one suffers, no one goes down.
2: Mm. But it is weird, isn't it? Because like you said, well, how can we elect a champion and then go back to last year's European places and then no relegation as well?
0: Yeah, you can't. I feel like you can't pick and choose. I just think it's a once-in-a-generation thing, this, isn't it? That, that, mm. That's that been said already. You know, the last time there was this sort of a disturbance to the Football League was, was the Second World War. So you're talking nearly the best part of 80 years or whatever since the last time something like this occurred, I I am inclined to lean on the side of, you know what, it it is unfortunate and it will obviously be, uh, what's the word, echoed more loudly because it's Liverpool at the top of the league and because they would have won it for the first time in 30 years. But I just, I I, I don't particularly disregard the idea. This is more important than football. I know people have bleated that out loads recently, but this is more important than football. And I kind of think the best chance of life just getting back to normal, if you like, next year would just be to just scrap it and say, well, it's not going to happen again for another eight years, so we'll be all right.
2: Yeah, we're going to know a lot more, obviously, on that Premier League meeting on Thursday, but we're going to still be talking about all those options on the table and how maybe the season will look in the next coming months. Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined with we are West Ham, Will Pew, and James Jones, and you can join us tonight. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or WhatsApp us on 0208 7020558. Well, this show is one of a kind because no James and no Will in the studio, and yet in the breaks, like every week, we're still all talking on WhatsApp. Genuinely, only one of a kind, but nothing about the show, just everything else that's going on. Boys, I want to quickly talk about obviously all still the options on the table and obviously one thing that's not really been spoken about was how maybe the summer transfer window could still work because if those games are playing on agent uh, players obviously their contracts expiring on the june of first would they still be allowed to play would other players be allowed to come back it, it still gets a little bit messy into the summer doesn't it
1: so i, I didn't actually think of contracts ending uh, at the end of the season, uh, I think that only really affects one player in Sabolera for us. Um, but uh, it'll be um, yeah.
2: Roberto's back. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. We could get some players back from loan, but I mean, it, they'll have to. I mean, I don't know how how that'll work from a sort of contractual point of view with the players, but they'd have to um, extend it. I know that clubs have voted to take the transfer window back to its old form, where it goes to the end of August rather than the week before the season starts. Which buys clubs a little bit more time if it does roll over in, into the summer a little bit. Um, but there's ways around it. You just, you know, for the for the last or eight weeks of the season, once we start, you paid you play two games a week, um, and you, you squeeze it into maybe maybe a month, five weeks, just to sort of make it a little bit easier. And don't forget, there's no Euros either now, so you've got a little bit more time. But the contract thing, I, I don't even know where where that where we stand at that
0: well what's what's interesting funny enough so um i read something their uh, story this morning um where fifa are actually looking at this at the moment but it's an absolute legal uh, minefield for them but they are it's right at the top of their their priority list to address the issue because if you one example decent example i heard earlier on you take William and Giroud at chelsea their their contracts are up at the end of the at the end of the season, and you all know what sort of bunts like free agents can get going to other clubs like Aaron Ramsey did when his Arsenal contract getting four hundred grand a week now at, at Juventus because they don't have to pay that transfer fee they can throw more wages at them. If you are Willian and uh, Willian's agent or Giroud's agent, and your contract expires on June the thirtieth and Chelsea want to pay you another eight weeks' money or two months' money to, pay, to play the last eight games of the season for them, if you're the agent, you're going to be going, no way, mate, no way, because you can get another, I can get you another three-year deal for 300 grand a week, say, or 250 grand a week, certainly more than they're getting at the moment, and for three years, rather than just an extra eight weeks for Chelsea, what are you going to do?
2: It's so tough, and and this is you, you you use the words there, will legal minefield, and this is where it comes into, it. and a lot of the other fan show saying this week that they feel like a little bit the fans uh, aren't being regarded here, and really all the decisions will come down to the money aspect.
0: Well, the, the, the thing is, and uh, it was quite an interesting uh, an interesting point that just saying, unfortunately, you know, fans buy into, fans are loyal to their team, but. If you're Olivier Giroud, he's been cast out of Chelsea's team for most of the season anyway. He's acted in a professional manner. He's not a Chelsea fan, is he? Or he doesn't love Chelsea. He works for Chelsea. Uh, yeah. Well, I, it, it, of course, some of it is going to come down to money, isn't it? But do, do you see what I mean? unless if Chelsea can't offer him another three-year deal, which they're obviously not going to, and he just gets risks getting injured, I know morally perhaps fans will suggest that's not right. But do you know if if you took it out of the footballing sense, what's his agent going to be saying to him? He's going to be saying, "No, don't worry about it, mate. Your your contract's done." And yeah, I know this is once in a lifetime, but you've got to think about your life forever. I can get you another three-year, three hundred grand a week deal. Why risk it for an extra eight weeks at Chelsea on a hundred grand?
2: Hmm. Who is paying Oliver Giroud three hundred grand a week? Well, who have you been speaking to? No, but you know,
0: <laughs> if Randy this got is the big questions tonight. If Ramsey gets 400 at Juventus, you're, all right, 250, 200 grand. He's gone grand. down. You know, he's backtracking. You get my point.
2: I, I do, I do. But if West Ham are signing Giroud at 300 grand, there's we, we, we need more than an hour on this show, that's for sure, to get into everything. Let's quickly talk then about, obviously, we're talking transfers. But for you two, how do you think, what is the most likely case then? Uh, because we're also hearing that from fans on these shows saying that the Premier League, they felt, acted really slowly. Do you think that that was the case? Because we saw it in La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, moved very quickly. It was only on that Arteta news that the Premier League and the EFL kind of really fell in line on this, James.
1: Yeah, I think they probably could have acted a little bit quicker. But I suppose they were probably acting on the or waiting for sort of any kind of guidance from the government. Um, uh, and at, at the time, I mean, I think they tweeted that, they, that all games were going to go ahead. And an hour later, Arsenal announced that Arteta had been tested positive, which, you know, at the time, the Premier League were probably completely unaware of that. Um, so, yeah, perhaps they did, they did react a little bit too, too slowly. But, you know, they've done it at a time where we've, we've got a two-week break for the international break. Um of so it after the after this weekend what would have been this weekend's fixtures um there's a two week break anyway, so you know if they are able to come back at that fourth of April um date, then essentially every club would have only lost two fixtures um it's and you know the way else way is, is it i mean i don't th- I don't think it will I, I mean just watching the news today i mean you know it, it seems like you know it's going to get worse before it gets better but you know, if there's if there's a possibility that you know they can start the season behind closed doors, um, get get the fixtures done, then I think that they'll they'll certainly be looking into that into that possibility. But um, it, I, I think that I think that they should probably hold off for uh, maybe another two two to three weeks after that four, fourth of April cut-off point and then try and cram uh, cram as many fixtures in as possible to try and finish the season. I think they have to finish the season uh one in one way shape or form. Uh and if that goes into the sun, particularly now the sun has been freed up, then then so be it. But as I said before, you know, the whole contracts thing which I hadn't thought about, um kind of does throw that idea or that possibility sort of you know in the water a little bit.
0: Well Ogbonna, was you mentioned uh, your point there, Charlie, about what um, you know, the timing of the decision mm. in the first place, from my point of view When it was coming, the the day before that that meeting, I thought it was an absolute atrocity that, that you know, they hadn't acted much quicker and that they weren't going to to cut the games anyway. And Angelo Bonner, obviously centre-half Italian as well, used Mm. to play for Juventus in Northern Italy, was furious about it. He said um, when he was asked, because obviously, like you mentioned earlier, Arsenal played Olympiacos shortly before they played us. And Ogbonna came out and has since told an Italian newspaper, it's absolutely unacceptable that a game against Arsenal went ahead. They played Olympiacos and the team's owner had already been struck down with the virus. It seems as if someone needs to die in order for timely decisions to be made. It's not footballing matter, but it's entrenched in this country's mentality. They haven't fully grasped the risks surrounding the virus, which can be spread in a few seconds. I haven't been tested, which is further proof of the lax attitude in England, to say the least. I mean, if the if Angelo Bonner, I don't think I've heard him give an interview in the whole time he's been in England. He's not one. He's not a media hungry guy. Mm. Not just come out with comments like that. No, absolutely not. He's obviously furious about it. And I think the idea that they were still considering playing football even before the Arteta news had come out, and that it took that to, to for them to carry on playing. Bear in mind the Leicester players had already announced that three of them had got potential in symptoms isolation, before yeah. the Arteta news. Yeah, this is before the Arteta news, and they, the, the games were still going ahead at that stage. And uh, Rooney came out in his column in the Times, didn't he, and said it was almost like, oh, because it was Leicester, they're unfashionable, they're only small, they don't matter. As soon as it's Arsenal, oh, oh, we better change our mind. I thought it was a disgrace.
2: Yeah, and I was just going to mention that Wayne Rooney article. He was saying that uh, footballers treated like guinea pigs and they were waiting on a decision, one minute their plan, the next they are not. And no one really cares about their health and their welfare. It took one big event for it to turn, but no one really cared before that, James.
1: Yeah, it, it, I, I mean, we spoke about this a few, a few weeks ago about sort of you know the way that people perceive footballers uh, from, a, from a public point of view, um, and I think a lot of people at the time were like, "Oh, you know, footballers won't get it. Foot, you know, they're, they're almost untouchable. You know, they get paid so much money. Why can't they just go?" Out there and post that? <laughs> yeah, that's the answer to everything. Um, yeah, um, and, and, and that's exactly right. And we, 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 you know, we did speak about it, you know, about the mental health side of things a few weeks back. And I think, I think it's it, it, it is terrible that you know we have that. We, a lot of people had that view on 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 the football in that. You know, oh, you know, it won't touch them, and then SUNY Arteta gets it, and everyone's like, oh, blimey, actually, this could be quite serious. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty bad that the Premier League probably didn't didn't sort of have or make a decision before Arteta was was tested positive. But um, I suppose there's nothing we can do about it now other than just sort of just sit tight and hope that, you know, we've got, we'll have got get football
2: back soon. So in this, with the Premier League maybe acting a little bit slow and Will You they're atrocious and Og Bonner's comments, with this meeting on Thursday, do you kind of think that the Premier League is waiting and seeing what other sports do so they can just fall in line, you know, sports across the pond and everything here being cancelled at the minute and just trying to see how every other sport is judging it as well as a guideline? Well,
0: that's what, I mean, you saw the, the Stuff in America as well, but especially across Europe, it was like a domino effect, wasn't it? Obviously, mm. Italy acted a bit quicker because they were, they were a lot well, the epicenter of the, of the crisis at the minute, yeah, uh, exactly, yeah. They were sort of, uh, I think it's two or three weeks ahead. Boris Johnson said the other day we are behind Italy, so Syria went, but it was uh, it was almost a domino effect. I think it was, I think uh, I'm trying to think where we are now. It's a Thursday, or I think it was Thursday of last week. Um, and obviously the, when the Premier League went down as well, there was a load of events in America. The, the Players' Championship, the Masters, was sort of the last one to fall. Mm. But you had, it was like just dominoes. There was one thing after the other, events being cancelled, events being postponed, the things moved, and that sort of thing. And I think that's what it is, Charlie, isn't it? There's, it's everyone sort of thinking, oh, I won't act yet, I won't act yet. But then you, they're, they're stuck between, oh, I don't want to be the only one here. I think it was the Bath, in Bath, they ran a half marathon the other day, and it was like one of the only super um, only live sporting events of the day mm. and they got absolutely I it on repeat. Hammered. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know they got absolutely hammered as the the last event to be to be still running despite people's health, blah blah blah, so yeah, I think it was just no one wants to be that one defying the, the status quo and after the first couple of dominoes fell I think the rest were only going to follow
2: soon after Yeah, sensibly well, so I might add yeah sensibly so but it's a very prestigious half marathon I've been watching it since <laughs> genuinely I can ever remember there's nothing quite like it but we are talking about West Ham we're going to take a closer look at uh, them because they are returning to training on Monday so what does that mean for the club and there has been some snippets of news around the team this is Love Sport you're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Still joined with Will Pugh and James Jones from We Are West Ham. And you can join us tonight as well. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio and let us know your thoughts. What are you doing on your weekends now, uh, apart from watching that half marathon in Bath, which was an absolute cracker. I can't remember who won, but uh, it it was really tight towards the end. Let's quickly talk about uh, West Ham now, because there was a little bit of other news. Hearing that Declan Rice, good friends with Mason Mount, went off, played a -a five-a-side game. Got in trouble with uh, a little bit with their respective clubs. Mason Mount, seemingly more so. The players on, are on lockdown, not just because of the virus, but risking injury in a five-a-side game. These storylines, especially when there's no sport, always create more of a media headline. But what did you make of it, Will?
0: Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think to be honest, it, it's difficult, isn't it? You, you kind of think why are you, why are you doing that? You, you know the media spotlight's going to be on you. Why? Because I think Wilfred Zahar was pictured at a... Uh, Beckingham Gold ...power league in Beckenham as yeah. well, that's it, yeah. And, you know, the the Mason Mount and Dex and Rice stuff, you think, all right, it's easy to say no, it's like, but why are you doing it? The whole government's saying to self-isolate, whether you like it or not, you know by now, you've been a footballer long enough that you will be... In the spotlight, and that you're opening yourself up for for criticism, there aren't you? So just stay at home. Do what Alex Oxlade Chamberlain's posting videos of himself doing oh, funky dances I hated that. with his hated girlfriend. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. You know, do that. Do that sort of thing. It might be embarrassing. and You get a stick, but at least you're, you're you're sort of governing or you're going along with government guidelines at a time when there's a deadly. Pandemic sweeping the nation. It just seems like, come on, just help yourself.
2: But it is hard, though, isn't it? And James, I want to ask you because they're young, they're with their mates, they're playing five-a-side games. I mean, if if no one really sees them, and, and then they're not doing anything wrong, are they, or or are they?
1: I, I mean, I, I echo what what Will said. You know, it's just irresponsible from both of them, given mm. what's going on, given the advice from both their clubs and the government um know they shouldn't. They shouldn't have done what they did. But as we know, Declan Rice and Mason Mount are uh, inseparable at the best of times, aren't they? Their best pals. Um, obviously, easy to see you, each other. James, and we didn't go out I know. Football, did we? I know. I mean, you no, too busy practising for the quiz. You know? <laughs> 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 A bit, you know, we've seen we've seen videos of them in the summer, on um, pre-season tours together. They're clearly best mates and. Um, obviously, they, just a moment of not thinking straight. Oh, let's go out and have a little game of 5 side mate. Um, kind of almost, almost being human, forgetting the spotlight that they're in. Um, which kind of harks back to previous conversations that we've had about footballers again. But you know, they've they've just you know broken rank a little bit. But I think both, I think we can just kind of accept that they shouldn't have done it, and and that's it really. I, I, it, as you said, Charlie. A lot's been made of it, probably because of because there's no, nothing else to report about and obviously mm. the situation mm. that it is. But, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I'd have a slap on the wrist and that's it.
2: Yeah, slap on the wrist. I appreciate Declan Rice doing that for in a week where we're trying to find content. Good on him, playing football. Always <laughs> nice for a good headline. I want to talk about, because obviously something else is in the headlines, West Ham have joined the largest ever FIFA tournament that Leighton Orient started. I, I don't even know what this is all about. Will, please explain.
0: Yeah so I think later stepped up to the plate in a void over good old the weekend. Dorian. Yeah. Yeah we where? Uh, I mean they're not winning many games this season on the pitch so I think they felt like it might have been a good opportunity to, I don't. to get a few wins on the West well, no. no exactly. But um yeah so I think this was in the in the void of football over the weekend when people were really realizing just how reliant they are on on the footy and how much they don't actually like um, being at home that much when there's nothing to watch on the telly, but late Orient have set up a, a 64 team FIFA tournament. They put it out on Twitter. Um, who's up for a, Who's up for a game? I think they've invited clubs from around the world and around Europe to submit a team, and it can either be played with by a player of that team or a prominent fan or a member of staff at the club or something like that. And I think they they filled the quota, and the draw for it's on Wednesday. No, it's actually
2: doubled. It's now 128 teams. Is it? Yeah, oh, because what, they, had so, they had so many, uh, I want to say applications, they had so many replies, it's now 128 teams. 128 teams?
0: Yeah, well, I think it's just a straight knockout tournament. And, uh, yeah, I saw a few tweets that they were... I asked West Ham today who who they'd like in the draw and the West Ham Twitter account replied with Millwall. I think they're still reported to be no, troubled. No, but J- James, does,
2: James doesn't want that. James is really against West Ham I
1: was, was going to say, I saw them tweet that and I thought, any minute now, everyone's going to start tweeting me. Even the club wants to play Millwall in the cup. <laughs>
0: you, should, you, you definitely should have tweeted that and said, oh, no, we can't do You missed this. the trick, James. Too dangerous. <laughs> yeah,
2: missed the trick.
1: Uh, he who who is representing? Com- consoles at each other. Who's representing
2: okay. West Ham then? Is it Moyes? I want to see Moyes on the Xbox plan for West Ham. I think, I think <coughs> David it's Declan Rice,
1: you
0: know. Who? Is Has he actually been I confirmed? Think, so I, I saw Mikel Antonio offered Ryan Sessigny on a game to replace the West Ham Tottenham one
1: the other day, but I didn't know who their representative was in this Orient one. I think it's Declan Rice. I might be wrong. That's probably their way of just keeping deck and rice indoors.
2: <laughs> yeah, extreme measures. <laughs> yeah. James, you did just uh, mention as well, just before we come back there, that apparently breaking news as well, UEFA are now committed to finishing the domestic seasons as well.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just sticking at their Twitter account. I mean, it was two hours ago that they tweeted it, but sort of in their announcement that,
2: you know, everything's going to be,
1: that Euro 2020 is going to be suspended. Uh, you know, on their thread of tweets, uh, it says that, there's a resolution. The resolution features a commitment to complete all domestic and European club competitions by the end of the current sporting season, i.e., the 30th of June, at the latest. Should the situation improve and resuming playing be appropriate and prudent enough, uh, and there could be adaptations to the qualifying stages in Champions League and Europa League for next season. Um, so they have said that you know they are committed to getting these seasons done across Europe, um, but only if it's suitable to do so. So, um, they you know, they, it seems like everyone's, everyone, including UEFA, mm. uh, really desperate to, for, for a ball to be kicked again. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be definitely a story to keep an eye on
2: this week. Yeah, and Will, have you seen anything? Because there's been a little bit of I don't want to say naughtiness, but people believing that UEFA could maybe sort of take advantage of this situation and sort of they they're feeling that they don't want to play second fiddle, be second priority to the domestic season, although this sort of statement says otherwise, and actually that maybe this is the perfect time for UEFA to finally form that breakaway Super European League.
0: I mean, I I haven't seen anything on that to be honest, Charlie. I'm not in the not in the stuff I've been working <clears throat> working on and looking at today. Um, I've I've seen no rumours of of that myself. They're talking uh, in the statement that Seferin, the UEFA president in the statement that he released today. He spoke really warmly about Gianni Infantino, the FIFA chief, just saying you know how uh, football has put um, the sport before profit today and. Infantino committed to work together with me, and the two before have been notoriously sort of head to head, if you like, because they're the two organisations have have had some differing interests in in recent times. But no, I haven't, I haven't heard anything anything too much about that, to be honest. And I think, uh, yeah, I think that that'd be political suicide, wouldn't it, to do to pull a move like that off mm. of the back of a, an incident like this. But um, yeah, so I, I think it's more they're more just focused. Obviously, with moving the Euros, which was a bit of a blow. I was absolutely gutted about that. But um the sensible and expected obviously I think their their focus is just making sure that um they maintain the integrity of all of their competitions.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of a blow. Will wasn't sure what continent it was being played on, but he was really excited for that Euros 2020. Scotland, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Let's quickly talk about something uh, else that Wayne Rooney said. He potentially said, why don't we start the next season around the same winter period that maybe would help fall in line with preparations for the World Cup in in Qatar uh, 2022? Do you think that that's even possible? I well, know we still don't know, but maybe a later second season starting around the festive time.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I suppose it, I mean it's not a bad idea, given given that the World Cup is going to be over the Christmas period or just after the Christmas period. But uh, again, I mean, sort Then how do you work it out the following season? I suppose. It's yeah, the, exactly. It's you end nightmare. up with a gaping gap. Yeah. It's just just a logistical nightmare all round. Um, so I mean, it, I, I can see his logic behind that. It's just then that sort of the, the aftermath of that and and sort of where that leaves football. Do, do do we then just sort of slowly over the next two or three years then kind of revert back to a normal season, or are we then stuck for a while having to sort of can be completely out of sorts in, in terms of the scheduling? Um, but I mean. It's quite clear that the the best way to go about it, the two options are stop the season now, or or try and get the season done behind closed doors
2: trying to get the season done behind closed doors. Is is it worse that we're so close to finishing, we're in that final third, and they think, look, we've come so far, we need to finish it, you know, or they could just say, look, let's award them the champions, let's get them to relegation. Or is would it have been worse, say, halfway through and they would have gone, there's still so much to play, we can't stop it now. Or they've gone, look, we've only just begun, let's void it and then start again in September.
0: I—I, I, To be honest, I, I think the whole thing... That's why I'm a little bit more for the uh, in the season now, Because I think if you start something in in the winter, like James said, you end up at some point with a glaring hole in your in your fixtures, so just say we do that, um, and then we run the season up to the Qatar World Cup, and then after that, like James said, what would do you just start the season again in what March or whatever, which would be bizarre, but if you don't, and you wait till August then you've got another eight months without football. I, I don't understand why, if they, if you have to have a hole in the fixtures, why you wouldn't just have it when there's a um, a pandemic sweep in the country. Because I just think it makes, a, it makes a mockery of it otherwise. I, from my point of view, my priority, um, and if it was purely down to me, what I'd choose, would be to get back to normal football as we know it as soon as possible after all this. So if it means nausing up some stuff now short term the as soon as we get back to football as we know it august to may and the competitions fall back in as they do and we can do the euros next summer um because already you've got uh, once you do the euros next summer like you say you've got the the qatar world cup um i just think as soon as we get back to the the, the other side of that other side of the qatar world cup you want to get back to football as you know it And if you end up messing around with it now, it has a knock-on effect that might mean, you know, for three or four years, at least after the 2022, football has just changed beyond recognition.
2: Yeah, get back to football as we know it well. We don't know when that season will resume, but we do know that our very own season, our contest, is continuing, even if James Jones doesn't want it to. It is the Rogue West Ham Mystery Players Quiz love sports you're listening to the west ham fan show on love sport radio with me charlie hawkins joined with we are west ham james jones and will pew and it is my favorite part of the show my favorite part of my week no i'm not that sad it's just this is how much i enjoy this even though james jones is currently dreading this will as always we throw to you please give an update on those scores
0: yeah, so Charlie, this week just a little uh, introduction. Actually, <laughs> while we're we're on a new one this week. Um, last week, one of my guesses to win to make, to put me eleven nine up mm. on 31:
2: oh, we on.
1: thirty
0: one thirty thirty one twenty nine on points difference. One of my guesses was Ili Dimitrescu. and a fun <laughs> fact that I learned about Dumitrescu this week was that he now runs an art gallery in uh, the Bucharest, the capital of his home country, Romania. He runs the Hanul Sute Gallery in Romania and is uh, in collections worth around £2 million. Just a Mm. fun fact for you about one of my many... Correct guesses I've got in the last few well, weeks. Correct Eleven nine on game weeks, thirty one twenty nine points difference. Charlie yeah, but Beneath. the problem
2: is at Will. I think it's Hanul Sutar. So if you're going to do the facts, make make sure you pronounce it <laughs> Sorry, right. <man>. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, uh, it is eleven uh, nine to Will in game weeks, thirty one to twenty nine on goal difference. Uh, just going from the the agenda, the running order we have. Will's put. Uh, have you ever known a man so rattled, living in James's head? Rent free. So they're a bit of uh, pre match uh, quotes just coming out, little sand bites. Massive game today. It is time for the Rogue West Ham Mystery Players Quiz.
0: Put your
2: phone away, please, James. Yeah, please. No, I mean, I'll be honest, Will, when you wasn't here the other week, he did have Google on and still lost. So I don't know (laughs) if that makes a massive difference. Let's quickly uh, go through the rules, as we always do. Three mystery West Ham players, five clues for each. The clues get progressively easier, so hopefully you will know it by the end. If you do know the answer, or you think you know the answer, then shout it out. Fingers on the buzz. And if you're playing along at home, get your answers in, tweet. Us at Love Sport Radio. This is player number one, clue number one. Played 203 games for West Ham. Named Hammer of the Year in his first season. Scored eight times for West Ham. Trevor Sinclair? Incorrect. First goal was against Newcastle in 2014. Shirt number three. Chriswell um, and we uh, Will got there first. It is one nil. No, it is Chriswell. Oh, no, I did that first. <laughs> Can't believe did it. Did you hell? <laughs> wait, we're going to go to VAR. No, Will, Will Pew. we yeah. Will Pew. One <laughs> <Excellent> nil. Really, news. <laughs> excellent news. Excellent uh, news. We're going I'm to the system. Back to this later. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a delay on the line, James. What can I say? <laughs> Don't use Skype. Just call up normally. Player number two. Clue number one career began in 1978 at QPR (laughs) played for seven different London clubs
1: Les Ferdinand
2: incorrect oh I thought you
1: had that there Ferdinand seven London
2: clubs no no Sinclair and Ferdinand they are incorrect third clue scored two goals for West Ham in the Premier League Rufus Brevet incorrect Managed Spurs in the Premier League. Tim Sherwood? Incorrect. Also played American football. I really thought you'd have this one. I'm going to run through those clues again. Career began in 1978 at QPR played for seven that is correct and once again Will has won this week and it is 2-0 it's starting to get a little bit worrying and a little bit embarrassing over in the blue corner for James Jones
0: six (laughs) weeks in a row is it six weeks? Six weeks in oh. a
2: row that makes it 12-9. I was 9-6 down, Charlie. Oh, this is embarrassing. This, this, six weeks, is this is knockout form. But uh, there is, is, is a James chance... Is
0: James lying on dead?
2: I think so, not saying much. There <laughs> Just is a get on with a third one, guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, angry, very aggressive. There is a chance of a whitewash tonight, and if I'm a betting man, it's odds on at the minute. Player number three, clue number one. A product of the Youth Academy. Only made one appearance for West Ham. Jordan Spence. Incorrect. Currently playing (laughs) in Sweden. James. James, try when you when anything you want, mate. Just have a go tonight to see if you can get one. Just play along if you want. Samuelson. (laughs) He's not even the (laughs) pot. Clue number four. You're gonna get it. Appeared in the film Green Street. Clue number five, played as a winger. Nicholas Alexanderson? That is incorrect. You said that.
1: You said that nine times tonight. Sorry. All right, let's run
2: through those clues one more time. Player number three, James looking for some pride. Will playing for that whitewash and a clean sheet. Clue number one, a product of the Youth Academy. Only made one appearance for West Ham. Currently playing in Sweden appeared in the film Green Street played as a winger. Elliot Ward. It's incorrect. <laughs> it's the centre half. <laughs> <laughs> I with oh, It's, to it's to rent free. He's literally... It's literally. James, get yeah. on Google. I've just given you five clues, mate. You're at home. <laughs> you need a point, man. Right, you I need a point. Stand the race. You'll have to go one more. All right, one more. Special clue number six. I will give you the initials B T. BT? Mm. As in British Telecom. BT. There are other available brands other than <laughs> British Telecom. Nothing. Nothing. Unbelievable. You don't know on BT. Oh, no. Appeared in the, in the film Green Street. What's the matter with you two?
1: <laughs> no. oh, it's the worst <laughs> film in the world, to, to be
2: honest. Yeah. What
0: year, what year did he play? We got nothing. Right, I'm going to get this
2: up. Currently playing in uh, Sweden. Uh, He's currently, he's 25. 25? No, no. He, he, nothing. So when he was at West Ham at 2012 to 2015, he had loan spells with Bradford City, Colchester, Rotherham, Dagenham, Dagenham and Redbridge. Then he got a move to Coventry. Then he got a move to Leighton Orion, And then he played for Bromley uh, nearly just under 50 games. Played for Boreham Wood, Stevenage, Maidstone. And now he's currently uh, occupying his trade in Sweden. Has represented all England levels up into England under-19s. b Middle name, Sebastian.
1: It is better. What? Bless
2: her, got. Yeah, that's it, James. That Google worked <laughs> oh, a treat. Tonight's winner... <laughs> you
1: know, do,
2: you know what, do you know what gave it to me in the end? was Bourne and Wood. He played for Bourne and Wood, didn't he? Yeah. You said I thought ball. that was your home team. Mm. Well, tonight's winner is Will Pugh 2-1. Unbelievable. Uh, Can we... I think, once again, I mean, it's, it's getting rather boring. But, Will, post-match conference, how are you feeling? Six-week streak.
0: Yeah, no, I do feel good, Charlie. I feel like it's a bit like when um, Man City go quite a few goals up and, and the manager dominant. sort of, even though he doesn't say it, he just says, yeah, go easy on him a bit. But I was well far behind, to be honest, Charlie. So I know James has got, um, you know, James is no slouch. He's got some good, some good guesses in him. I think if he, if he finds his confidence for the end of the season, then, uh, you know, it's not won yet.
2: Yeah, is he starting to become like an exhibition match at all? Are you worried? Complacency? It's only 12-9. James has had three-week leads on me, and,
0: and look what's happened to him, so I'm not going to get complacent.
2: Yeah, 33-30 to 30 is the score. James, we go to you. Uh, I know you're trying to get away very quickly. The team are leaving, but how are you feeling on that?
1: Uh, I'm, if I'm honest, I'm gutted, um, because when I said Avan Creswell, I have said it before. I heard <laughs> oh, here Will say it in my, in my earphone. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a little bit gutted that I lost that point. Mm. Uh, it must be down the line because I trust you guys i, I, you know, I 'm I'm sure i 'm sure there was no cheating involved no cheating
2: uh, 've checked it but, must be your headphones it must be
1: my headphones um, but i, I mean I'm, as will said you know i 've been three or four ahead and, and come mm. back uh, and will 's come back so I I'll do back myself to come back and, mm. and, and still win it i 'm um, just wondering whether it 's worth at the end of the season popping over to uh to see uh,
2: is it Radiceo's uh, art gallery? <laughs> I think that's, I think that's the, the trip we should make uh, at the so end maybe of the we season. we should go over and yeah. do it.
1: And we, we can tell him in person.
2: We can him in person. <laughs> Absolutely, we could document it. James, very quickly, because the scores are 33-30 and you're 12-9 down. If you win next week uh, and, and it's a whitewash, it's 33-all, even though you'd be two game weeks down. So on points, you're still really in this. Yeah, but the gold gold doesn't matter if you don't win. No, I know. I was uh, trying to give you a positive, mate. If you don't want to take it, I that's just, fine. I just
1: don't. I just don't. I just Karen Brady. Karen Brady. What Karen Brady said said right, and you know, we can get the season null and void as quick as possible. Absolutely,
2: Will James. Always good to be joined by you. What a show we've had on the West Ham fan show with We Are West Ham. You've been listening to Will Pugh and James Jones. We will see you next week.
1: Love sport.
0: Sport Social Podcast Network.